How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Board and Browsing Podcast, the only show where you don't need salmonella as a prerequisite to listen. I'm your host, Danny. As always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Samson and Sean. Howdy. Hi, I'm Danny, and welcome <laughs> to Board and Browsing. Here are my co-hosts, Samson and Sean. Howdy. Hello. Uh, today, we also have a special guest joining us. Uh, coming back to the podcast is Tim Lucy. Danny. <laughs> hey, how's it going? Oh, good, man. How have you been? It's been a while since you've been on board and browsing. So what's what's new? Uh, I mean, I think I, was it the, the last time I was on was in March. Yeah. Uh, or March or February. So like early on, like even before um, school got closed. Um, so a I lot was, has changed. A lot, is, a lot <laughs> yeah. has changed. Um, but I will say I've been I made sure to keep listening uh, to every episode. Got to keep up. You know, once you're on, you got to be here. Absolutely. So, it's appreciated. Yeah. Mm. Oh, of course. I was. Ha- I I have a blast. You know. Mm. Listen to it while while I'm showering. Yeah. Just a little Ooh. little, little yeah. shamagarity in my ear. I don't know why you're saying Sean when everyone oh. tells me that they keep tuning in to hear my sultry heroine like voice. Wow. Once you get a taste, you can't you can't untaste it. Oh, I had yeah. to go to rehab. It's true. <laughs> that smoke, that smoky Samson Martin voice. Mm-hmm. It's like he's gargling oh. gravel. Oh. oh, yeah. It's like Johnny Johnny Ca- Jim Johnny Cash. Is that what his Johnny name Cash. is? Johnny Cash. Yeah, you, can go, you can even go Tom Waits. You know, Ooh. real, real, real rasp and gravel to it. But like, <laughs> kind of with like a touch of Scarlett Johansson as well. Yeah, just oh, like on the top, sure. right over the top. Yeah, that scars yeah. you. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Not too much. So the reason Tim's actually here is because we thought it was very fitting that the last time he joined us, he talked about the Oscars with us. So this time we're actually going to be talking about the Emmys and thought who better to join us than Tim Lucy. So the way this episode's going to go, <laughs> we'll talk about some renews and redos. We'll talk about what we've been watching and then we'll dive straight into our Emmy breakdown and talk about whether or not we're mad about what happened. Spoiler <laughs> alert. We might be. Uh, anyway, let's go straight into our renews and redos. So, uh, Raised by Wolves on HBO has been confirmed for a second season. Haven't checked it out, but I've been hearing very good things about it. I didn't realize that was a show until like two days ago. And I, yeah. when I saw a trailer and I was like, what is this? Oh, they have like half a season out? Why haven't <laughs> I checked this out yet? But isn't that your favorite thing? Like out of nowhere, you're like, oh, look how much of a show I have to watch. Yeah, well, I also guess I I think that's good, too, because, like, when you catch a show, like, halfway through its first season, it means you've missed the hype train, so you're not probably going to be disappointed. Mm. Um, So Mm. I I think that's a good thing. I think some of my favorite things have come from uh, finding it randomly after, like, like several episodes into a season. Yeah, true. Fair enough. Have you guys watched it at all or no? No, I actually, this is the first time I've heard of it, Mm. literally right now. I don't have HBO Go. Uh so I wasn't, so I'm not able to watch a lot of HBO stuff. Um, doesn't mean that, you know, if someone wants to float me stuff under the <laughs> table, I would not, con- I would not be condoning it, but I would not mm, turn it away. Sure. Well, well, maybe don't look at your DMs after this, <laughs> you know, don't. My yeah. phone's been thrown out the window, Sean. <laughs> I'm sorry. Excellent. That's safe. Well, 
Continuing on with HBO, uh, Last Week Tonight has actually been confirmed for three more seasons all the way through 2023. I haven't watched Last Week Tonight in like a pretty recent time, but I remember really, really liking this show. Yeah, I, I've been I've been still watching it. Uh, well, not still. I started watching it like a couple months ago, ago when uh, I feel like things were getting really heated uh, in like mid quarantine, which at this point was um, like April, June. Uh, that's going to be like one eighth of the way through quarantine by the time we're done with this. Hey. <laughs> but um, So that's why I'm saying when. But um, I started watching it around then um, because I was like, I can't fucking deal with watching the news and stuff because I'm getting pissed off all the time. So like the, it's it's a nice fun way to get angry, but also have a couple of jokes thrown in just to, to, to simmer things down a tiny bit, you know? Yeah. Well, I think something interesting is that it got, to my knowledge, as far as I can tell, like a, a lot of um, attention for being produced during COVID times out of, you know, uh, Seth Meyers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, out of his like yeah, apartment. Well, and Seth Meyers the... has his own show, but this is last week tonight with John Oliver. Oh, 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 oh. yeah. Sorry, I got the <laughs> two confused. Then there's a closer. I was thinking of a closer look. Yeah. Same thing, though, in terms of, uh, you know, doing I think a lot of late night talk shows kind of got like a boost from this because they shifted their style a little bit and some people really liked it and probably some people didn't. Yeah. But I, for instance, uh, the reason I was thinking of um, a closer look is because that's I started watching that at about the same time Samson was talking about starting to watch at uh, last week tonight. Mm-hmm. And just because I really enjoyed the the format a little bit more without the the audience, it was just very monologue-y. I, I was a big fan. I feel the same way. I usually caught it on YouTube clips. Mm-hmm. So same. I've seen a cut. Co- yeah. So there have definitely been a couple of uh, big moments that stem from the show. Like I remember watching, I think it was the most recent one was the Kenosha one with the RNC. And that one just, that one just blows you away. That's like something, I feel like that specific episode and that specific clip will be going down in television history as like a really important investigative uh news report Hmm. yeah for sure i'll have to give it a listen then i like i keep meaning to check it out and i keep forgetting to subscribe after this so i'm gonna write this down to subscribe i i also i love how all of these shows are on youtube as well like they put up their highlight clips on youtube Mm -hmm. because they understand people aren't going to have the streaming services and the news is just that important to get out Mm -hmm. yeah and Mm -hmm. i think that like it's especially cool because i feel like john oliver especially tackles issues that aren't always in the news like um yeah it, it was cool to like hear him talk about like stuff that was going on with like police brutality and like um the protests and george floyd and all that like when i was starting doing this but like or when i started watching the show um but like it's especially interesting to hear him talk about like things like china like and what's <laughs> going on in china because i didn't know anything about that until until he started talking about it and i feel like he talks about things that like don't have a lot of conversation at all surrounding mm-hmm. them so that's why i think that it's especially cool that they put that on on youtube beyond you know just like giving everybody access like because it, it's it's very informative and it's really important stuff so i think that's pretty awesome yeah yeah, yeah. and also yeah. hbo just as a network really doesn't hold back with whatever it is they're doing like they're yeah. full-on nudity they, they like don't shy away from tough conversations <laughs> so i feel like <laughs> I don't know. Last week tonight's the perfect place to be. I, yeah. I see you guys like the nudity so, comment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, what other network just has blatant nudity in every single show? 
Netflix, <laughs> and they both get in a lot of trouble for it. Oopsies. Be- because, oh, my like, God. Oh, my God. The amount of people that afterwards are like, yeah, I, w- I didn't really want to do that nudity. And HBO's like, oh, oops, sorry. Oops. Like, fuck but off, But we told HBO. you you had to. I thought oh, that meant man. you wanted to. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's actually pretty fucked up. Like, I'm laughing only because, like, it's. It's fucked up and it makes me uncomfortable. Um, sure. but, um, yeah, hey Um But uh, <laughs> yeah, but they, they also edited the shit out of all those South Park episodes. They like, did. I don't know what the, the deal is with that. Oh, HBO, make a solid stance. Um, so I actually, I did some research on that. The, the, the South Park episodes were pre-edited before they came on HBO. Uh, hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Although, speaking about South Park, uh, they're airing their newest season on September 30th, and it's going to be coming out on HBO Max 24 hours after it airs. So if you're not going to watch it live, you can then watch it in the HBO Max library. And I think we've talked about HBO Max a few times. It's just such a great streaming service. It really is. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Check it out. Continuing with uh, HBO Max, so... DC Universe was originally a streaming site that I really enjoyed and talked about a lot, and they moved a lot of their shows over to HBO Max. DC Universe is done. They're no longer making any more shows on the platform. It's going to be strictly comic books. However, however, all of their shows are moving over to HBO Max and have been renewed, Mm. including Doom Patrol for Season 3 and Harley Quinn for Season 3. Hell yeah. Nice. Yeah. I've heard a lot of good things about Harley Quinn. I haven't seen it, but I have uh, friends from home. We're like, yo, you gotta check this out. This is so good. And I was like, yeah, all right. I'll- Harley Quinn's great. I uh, I also just I I got one episode left of Doom Patrol season one, and uh, it it took like nine episodes to hook me, but it hooked me. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. No, I have to wait until the last second. How many episodes are in a season? I think it's ten. ten. <laughs> ah, nice. Yeah, but like, oh man, I I think my issue with it um is is that like. I feel like it wants you to like the characters based on mostly just traumatic shit happening to them, <laughs> which, you know, like, uh, they, they do have distinct personalities, um, but, like, the characters do seem a little bit boring at times, but, like, because they keep, like, they're, like, hinting at, like, there's, like, oh, there's this dark event from this person's past, and they do, like, everything except give it context, pretty much, so you don't really <laughs> understand what's going on, and then, like... It's like, I don't know how this is supposed to create sympathy. And also you're dragging this out for so long that like, I almost don't care anymore because every time you like hint that you might solve it, I know you're not going to show me what actually happened. Yeah. Samson, I, I, all I have to say is this is a little bit hypocritical coming from you, especially after how often you talk about the orphanage incident <laughs> and the great fire of 04. So, you know, I, I, that's all I'm saying. You know, is that we still haven't gotten the full story of what happened that September night. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Very true. (sighs) You'll never know. Where'd the orphanage go? I will say, though, that was actually the reason why I liked season two more than season one is because they didn't do that as much. It was more Uh, like moving forward from their traumas. So I think season two is definitely an improvement. Not all episodes. There's a few episodes that are just like really great in season one. But season two, just overall, I think it was better. Yeah, and what I do think about is cool about the show is how a lot of the premises for episodes are pretty like high concept and just weird, uh, which and like they can kind of stand alone to a certain degree. 
Like, there's a whole episode about a uh, gender queer street yeah. that can teleport, and it's like sentient. It's just bizarre. Like, it's, Danny the street. It's bizarre. Yeah, Danny the street. And what? um, it's like, like what? that's what, Wait, yeah, like, exactly. Like, like a physical street. Yes. Yeah, it's a physical street, and it teleports. It can teleport. Yes. It has a bunch of people like within its like houses on the street and in order to communicate it'll just have like a sign on the window that it'll just put random text on there and and huh. it's being hunted by the government it yeah. is <laughs> but like that's what i'm talking about there's like there's a lot of like weird kind of one-shot episodes of this show that are like yeah pretty entertaining pretty like weird. i know I, I feel like it sounds dumb but like it's it's entertaining like i mean no matter how stupid or weird you think that is like it like you can't deny that that sounds interesting yeah and like you know like there's just like and i'm not going to go into the episode i just watched but like um they basically just spend the entire episode in a character's head and it is nuts (laughs) like cyborg's like i wish we could magic school bus inside of this person and then they're like okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah Asking you shall receive. <laughs> anyway, Eric Andre, I don't know if you guys have heard this, but Eric Andre is officially getting season five and it's coming out October 25th. I am hey. so fucking excited. When I when I heard this, I think he, he I think one of the guests that he's gonna have on, from what I understand, is the Keith Stanfield mm-hmm. in like the first couple oh. episodes. And I am so prepared to see how bizarre this gets. <laughs> because for me, Lakeith Stanfield is someone who I feel like could be in on the joke, but also not being on the joke at all. Mm. <laughs> because he's been in, like, Sorry to Bother You. He was in the Death Note movie where he was dressed up, like, with that weird, like, face mask thing on. Wait, that What's was him? Oh, yeah, that's him. Huh. But then he's all, like, and then, and he's also in, like, Atlanta. Like, I think yeah. he yeah, would yeah, have yeah. an understanding of what's going to happen when he's going into it. Hmm. I hope I, so. Yeah. Fun thing, uh, Sean and I actually saw Eric Andre live last year, and at the show, he teased that season five was officially coming, and he also talked about his new movie, Bad Trip, which I think is coming out later this year, but all of that, like, seeing Eric Andre live, it's actually a stand-up on Netflix right now called Legalize Everything, that was fucking awesome, he is a great comedian. Yeah, we saw his genitals. We did, we did see his genitals. Yeah, he took them out. That's not <laughs> yeah, he's no That's that. not a joke. Yeah. That's <laughs> they also they had a ranch chugging competition on stage. And that's when he took his pants off. Yeah. <laughs> they were chugging, he was behind, and he just pulled down his pants with his dick tucked in. And then he turned around and you could like see the tip from behind. But anyway, yeah. we saw Eric Andre's dick. <laughs> Good times. I have a hat. It's up there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, moving on, Dave Chappelle's <laughs> live stand-up, Key and Peele, Reno 911, Nathan For You, and Inside Amy Schumer are all coming to HBO Max later this year. So this oh, platform is just getting more and more comedy-type shows onto yes. them, and a few of these are pretty solid. Yeah, that's actually really exciting. Is that <laughs> Danny, like... which, which few are pretty solid? <laughs> um, I think Key and Peele has some great moments. I think Nathan For You is overall pretty good. Uh, I, I'm not a huge fan of Dave Chappelle or Amy Schumer, so those are the two I don't think are pretty good, but... Really? Hot take. Yeah. Hot yeah, take. Yeah, that's a hot take right there. I'm sure it is. I, I don't know. Amy Schumer, at least, I'm not a huge fan of her comedy, but Dave Chappelle, he has moments, but for the most part, I'm just kind of like, it's not 
not my cup of tea. Hmm. I haven't listened to much Chappelle, yeah. honestly. I don't. I don't think like modern Chappelle's that like fantastic, but like, man, like twenty years ago. Oh, now that I, I think about it, I've definitely seen plenty of clips from the Chappelle show, mm. yeah. which are choice. Yeah, he, he has some fantastic sketches. Yeah, in, I'm, uh, I'm sure he does. The early repertoire. I even like some of his stand up now. Like mm. I, I think some of his stuff is actually pretty, pretty good. I, you know, everybody talks about sticks and stones, mm-hmm. but I think even like you know, I f- I feel like he he has like he has a point uh, to everything he says. That's sure. my stance. Yeah. Okay. If, Fair. If he what if he did have a point to say, I don't know. He'd probably be like, uh, oh, what's his name? Like, uh, like Dane Cook or mm. Andrew Dice Clay. Like you know, like they just kind of yeah. say shocking things for the sake of the shock. Like mm. Howard Stern. Yeah. 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 I'm really yeah. dating myself with these references, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I forget that you're like in your late thirties sometimes. Yeah. I I did like the Andrew Dice Clay reference. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so did you guys ever see the dark crystal, like age of whatever on Netflix? I watched like no. half an episode. No. I feel little... like I need to at some point, but I well, haven't. it's canceled. I'm... What? Uh, <laughs> I thought it was a one shot anyways. No, apparently they were going to make more, but that's been canceled. Oh, that's too bad. Puppet's too expensive. Honestly, it looked kind of interesting, but I've never been able to get past how goddamn terrifying those yes. puppets look. Yes. They are so <laughs> scary, and to the point where, like, they still freak me out. <laughs> and, like, I'll have dreams about them sometimes, and it the is... Thing that, the thing that gets me about the that whole, like, movie and show is um, not only the puppets, but there is... I think there's, like, one character, like, one of the weird, like, uh, what, like the, the weird bird things who walks around and just goes, mm-hmm, like, the whole time. Mm-hmm. And, like, each t- yeah, and each time I hear it, I just get this, I get, a, like, this really, like, chilly, like, down my back. I hate it. I'm not yeah, a fan. Yeah, just, just like anime girls. You get these chills down your spine. You're like, why aren't they real? <laughs> <laughs> They're making me tingle. You could complete me. <laughs> oh, but anyways moving to disney plus uh falcon and winter soldier has been officially confirmed to not air in 2020 anymore so clearly they're still having struggles getting back into filming and actually finishing up the episodes however they did drop a really dope trailer for wandavision and mm-hmm. a cool poster and apparently apparently it's going to be coming out this year oh shit yeah no i i watched the wandavision trailer and i thought it was very cool it, it, it gives me almost um american horror story vibes almost yeah it's just it's really yeah. it's gonna be interesting i think you bet your ass that i watched the entire trailer too without sound so i didn't pick up on any of the tone <laughs> of the show that uh that strikes me as maybe you might have missed a couple things but it was very visually appealing and i read most of the subtitles <laughs> all right you want to hear something shocking absolutely in this modern age i have never seen a marvel movie or tv show not even one not Whoa. one not a one not one not and it's weird coming from a from a, a film student wow. that's pretty impressive actually like yeah. modern like mar, like mcu stuff like you've seen like, original spider-man oh right? yeah like mc like i've ah, seen yeah. like yeah like i grew up with the sam raimi spider-mans yeah. you know like <laughs> I, I grew good. up with those and some other stuff but i haven't i don't know what it is i i just don't know if i'm not tuning into like tbs at the right time or tnt <laughs> those mcu movies like you know huh. a dime a dozen like on sundays huh. but somehow it's just escaped me and i don't know how 
Uh, just wait until ABC picks it up and makes it the new thing they do during Christmas. It's not just <laughs> oh, nonstop Harry ha- Potter. Yeah, it's, it's now it's now <laughs> two and a half weeks of nonstop back-to-back Marvel movies. <laughs> Nothing uh, says Christmas like Marvel on ABC. Oh God. I'll only watch it if they play Thor Dark World five times in a row. <laughs> no, not Maliketh. What, what's he doing with... Oh, I don't even remember the name of it, but it's the Reality Stone. Uh, yeah, it, w- it was the uh, the ether. You gotta get the ether out of Natalie Portman's spine. Quick, it's in there. You gotta get it out. No, that's Malachi honestly super impressive. That's something you can just, like, hold over. Like, yeah, I never saw a Marvel That movie. I know the name of Maliketh? Oh, oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Um, uh, Sean, actually, this next yeah. bit of news is for you. Um, the Malachi Boss Baby... Too. The family business adds Jeff Goldblum, Amy Sedaris, James Marsden, Eva Longaria, and uh, Ariana Greenblatt to the cast. So, Sean, when are they announcing you? I thought you were going to say Grande. Oh, uh, well, yeah. you know, like, that's the thing. They can't reveal their, their ace. You know, sure. you got to keep that ace up your sleeve, uh, which I thought for a second there was going to be Ariana Grande when you said Ariana Grande. <laughs> yeah. I was like, excuse you me? Said, you said Ariana Grande. Gr- Greenblatt or whatever the hell her name is like we know who she is i don't know i was just reading it out but sean we're waiting for the confirmation that you are in boss baby the family business all i'm Mm. saying is that you know keep an eye on the sky Mm -hmm. buy your boss baby merchandise and i think you might just see someone a little bit familiar Ariana Greenblatt is, is here. That's actually my pen name. Sure. I go by Ariana okay. Greenblatt. I oh, I God. looked it up. Ariana Greenblatt, it looks like she's like, oh, she's 13 years old. And uh, she was in Love and Monsters, Stuck in the Middle, mm-hmm. and Dancing with the Stars. Cool. Uh, yeah. I, so not I, Sean. Okay. Oh, and she was in Scoob! Exclamation point. Oh, oh yeah. wait, she's Tony Stark's daughter in, in oh. Infinity War. Oh, I oh, think. that's pretty cool. Except Tim doesn't know what that means. I don't know what that means, sorry. <laughs> wait, it says, Infin- it says she was in Infinity War, so she wouldn't be Tony Stark's daughter. I don't know Wrong. who the hell she is. Wrong. <laughs> anyway. No, I don't know. But I think we should really dedicate the rest of the podcast to finding out who this person is, Danny. I think that might have been be the most compelling piece of investigative journalism. You're right. Oh, like Samson, Tim was let's talking not, about, let's not have you talk like about that? investigative journalism after you paid all those reporters to stop looking into the ashes of that orphanage, okay? <laughs> that's all I'm saying. There was a lot of missing evidence, and don't think that's fallen on deaf ears. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. You can carry on, Danny. We can uh, edit this out, right? Yeah, we, <laughs> sure. So my last, two, my last two things I have, SNL is returning on October 3rd. So mm. it, apparently they're going to be going back in studio and oh. doing everything in person. Theoretically, we'll see how long that lasts before a cast October member gets 3rd. COVID. But yeah. good luck to them. And then the final thing, which I think is super exciting. So Rick Riordan, who wrote the Percy Jackson series, also wrote one called The Cain Chronicles, which is focused on Egyptian mythology. And it was super cool. Netflix is actually picking up that book series for three feature films on their platform, even though... Percy Jackson series is getting a full show series on Disney Plus. Huh. Yeah. That, yeah, that's that that's uh that's an interesting that's an interesting sort of a pickle you got yourself into there. <laughs> yes. I mean, we've talked about how bad the Percy Jackson movies were. They were bad. Mm-hmm. 
However, but I mean Pierce Brosnan as a centaur. Come on, <laughs> I guess perfection. <laughs> but I don't know. I I think I personally think as someone who's read all of the books, the Kane Chronicles is the most underrated of his novels. Mm. I think it's really interesting because it's one of the only series where instead of just like interacting with gods on their quest, gods are actually inside of them. So part of their powers is that the god comes in and like allows them to use whatever bit of Egyptian magic that they have and they channel the god and that's how they use their powers. And it's super wow. interesting. The cast in terms of like the book is also super diverse. So it won't be like whitewashing or whatever if they cast uh, like a bunch of like African-Americans and people from Middle Eastern descent, because that's who the book was actually written about. Hmm. I don't know. I'm I'm just genuinely excited because I didn't think this would ever get a movie, let alone three movies. I'll have to read it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that's been all of our redos and redos for this week. So let's get into what we've been watching. Who would like to go first? We could have our guests take it away. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> put me on the spot, why don't you? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let me... Oh, I know what I'm going to talk about. Okay, so one thing that I've watched, or one thing that I've gotten into, was um, uh, I watched stand-up comedy uh, all of August. Uh, something that I do. Um, I've been trying to watch a movie and listen to an album every single day this year. Dang. Uh, I've been getting, I'm, I'm, I'm close. I'm getting there. Hmm. Uh, I'm getting really, getting really uh, knowledgeable about things. But I'm going to say that one thing that I will uh, talk about is Neil Brennan's Three Mics, which is on Netflix. Hmm. Um, it is probably, it's probably the best stand-up special, or at least one of them that I've ever seen. Um, oh, wow. It is, the whole concept goes that Neil Brennan, who uh, co-created Chappelle Show, um he uh he's on stage and he's got three mics set up so there's you know one stage right one stage left one stage center um the one on stage right is all one-liners the one on stage left is regular stand-up comedy and then the middle uh is dramatic monologue and like they're all autobiographical um stories so he talks about his dad he talks about um him falling in love he talks about him you know with depression but like it's all counterbalanced out by this like really interesting and almost like this it's like stand up comedy but stand up comedy for like um oh like people who want to laugh but also people who want to grow as people mm. like it's really interesting and i thought it was really good and i really highly recommend it to everyone okay yeah i'll have to give that a look well i do like character growth it's three mics. Is that M I K E S? It is. <laughs> <laughs> three uh, men right. and Michael, all on stage. Each one has a different story to tell at the same time. <laughs> I feel uh, bad for derailing this. I actually want to watch I it. Thought, I thought, I thought, I honest to God, I had a moment where I thought you were going to say, oh, yeah, three mix. Three like, mix. All I, I was yeah. like, cheating. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's three mics, so M-I-C-S. Got it's it. It's really, really something that everyone, I think, should check out at least once. Hmm. Yeah. That sounds really interesting. Sounds really good, yeah. Uh, I, I would actually like to go next. Um, go for it. So I've had Eugene Levy on the mind, and I decided I really wanted to watch Cheaper by the Dozen and Cheaper by the Dozen 2, so I watched <laughs> them both. 
He's these aren't like spectacular movies in any sense of the word. I think Steve Martin does like a great job. But man, they're they're just like they're entertaining. You throw them on, you remember that Ashton Kutcher plays like a pseudo villain in the first one, and like they soak his underwear in meat so that the dogs go after him, and you're like, oh, I don't know, that's pretty funny. It's like a war crime. <laughs> but man, like cheaper by the dozen, cheaper by the dozen too. They just, I don't know, they're kind of entertaining. I would say if you have literally nothing else to watch, uh, that's a good movie series to watch. I guess it's a duology. Is that? Is that how that works? A two movies? I think I think <laughs> I, I yeah, it should be. I think that's it. I yeah. couldn't tell you. Either way, I, I had a fun time trying to find them, let alone watching them. Hot take <laughs> from twelve year old Samson. It's one of the few series where the sequel is better than the original. Whoa. I would agree. I don't think Ooh. I've seen either of them, so I can't say. I remember hating the first one. I'm looking at them both through uh rose tinted glasses because I watch both of them growing up but mm. i remember watching the second one a lot more mm-hmm. but also really liking that one a lot as well so hmm. also those casts are like stacked with people who wound up being actors like allison stoner who voices uh isabella on phineas and ferb um there's also the dude who played clark kent in smallville whose name i always forget about <laughs> uh who else was in it it was uh well eugene levy of course and then there's also taylor lautner uh, he plays, like, the boyfriend oh. of Allison Stoner in the second one. Oh, damn. Wait, also, who is Eugene Levy in those movies? I don't even remember him in he those. He plays the rival to Steve Martin at the lake house. The dude who's, like, super rich and buys the lake okay. house. Okay, word. Yeah, <laughs> I was just, funny. I was thinking about Eugene Levy. I was like, what has he been in that I really want to watch? Oh, Cheaper by the Dozen 2. Might as well watch the first one before that. Yeah, you need the context. You've seen Best in Show, right? I have seen Best in Show. Okay. Yeah. That would be my go-to Eugene Levy movie. He's so good. <laughs> Mine as well, but for some reason, Cheaper by the Dozen was on the mind. <laughs> Just calling to you. He was screaming my name. Samson, you want to go next? Sure. Why not? So um, a couple of weeks ago, I watched the uh, new Judd Apatow movie that he wrote with one other dude and Pete Davidson called uh, The King of Staten Island. Mm. Um, I really like Judd Apatow. I feel like he gets a lot of shit for like... His movies go on for way too long, like, is, like, what a lot of people say. Like, I mean, do does a comedy need to be about two and a half hours? Probably not. But, like, um, and, like, I, I really liked this movie, and I'll talk more about what I liked about it in a second. But, like, where this movie did frustrate me is, like, it starts a lot of gags and storylines that just don't, like, it's, like, one shot, and they never come back. And uh, it does feel a little bloated. But at the same time, like... I never felt like the movie was dragging. I was always huh. into what it was doing, and I thought it was, like, entertaining. It just seemed weird that so many things got brought up and then just, like, got left alone. And then, like, also, the movie just feels like it ends out of nowhere, especially considering, like, how like how much stuff there is. It feels like they didn't really even close out a solid... I mean, they closed out, like, one arc, and then we're like, we're good. Our work here is done. And uh, that was kind of weird. But, um... I thought it was really good. I thought it was very funny, um, enter- entertaining. And um, I thought it was really cool to, like, um, I mean, obviously, uh, I mean, maybe not obviously, but uh, Pete Davidson talks about, like, being bipolar and stuff like that. And he has, like, <laughs> mental health issues. And, um, you know, I, I don't have bipolar disorder, but, like, I, I do have mental health issues. And, like, it was interesting to actually 
hear somebody like hear somebody like because he like in the movie is like you know i have like bipolar and like talks about these things and it was like interesting to see a it, it's a kind of a ridiculous portrayal at some points you know it's like used for comedic effect at some times but like yeah it was one of the more accurate depictions of like mental health than i've seen like it, like it's better than fucking joker you know like um <laughs> like <laughs> Uh, you know where it's like oh it's making all these edgy statements about like what we do to the mentally ill and it's like ah kind of but like i mean kind of but like not really but like it was just kind of cool to see that and um i i think like one thing that i think the movie really nailed and i wish it kind of doubled down on it because it never really addresses it but like i thought it was really interesting the way that like you see his family members and certain people talk to him and talk down to him at certain points because of like the mental illness stuff. And like, I think that's something that like I, I thought was really poignant and like stuck out to me as being super accurate and uh, something that doesn't get seen a lot. Um, And yeah, I thought that was really cool and interesting. And you can tell that somebody that actually deals with these things wrote it, which I feel like is a very rare thing. Yeah. Um, so I think that was really cool. And uh, I definitely recommend checking it out. You can rent it um, on on Amazon Prime right now. But um, yeah, I, I thought it was a really entertaining movie. And uh, Bill Burr is a firefighter <laughs> who like starts dating Pete, Pete Davidson's mom and he hates... Uh, he, he like Pete Davidson hates him, so like getting Bill Burr to play like an angry character is always really <laughs> funny. So um, yeah, you know, just for that alone, I would say say check it out. But it's uh, it's fantastic. It was a really solid movie. I really got to watch it. I remember I think when I was at home for a month, my parents like started watching it. Then I saw how long it was and actually just decided <laughs> not to. <laughs> yeah, I watched like the first yeah. ten minutes and I was like, mm, wait a minute, you're telling me there's <laughs> like two more, two plus more hours of this, like. And I'm not a huge yeah. Pete Davidson fan. I, I wish I stuck yeah. with it, though. I think it would have been worth it. Yeah, I, I feel like it starts out a little bit bumpier than the rest of it is. Like, I feel like really once you get, like, Bill Burr into it, it starts, like, I mean, like, not that, like, I really like Bill Burr, if you can't yeah. tell. But, like, um, yeah, Bill Burr's getting into it. <laughs> I, I feel like it really takes off after um, uh, Pete Davidson does something to uh, Bill Burr's son, and uh, Bill Burr brings down holy fury and it is oh, wow that, that's when i feel like that movie kind of starts uh getting real solid um so yeah give it give it a shot it definitely takes a little bit um but i i was invested pretty early on it does start off a little bit slow though i, I understand how you would stop after the first 10 minutes when realizing that there's another two left um yeah <laughs> no i've been meaning to check out this movie one because it really intrigued me two the trailer was very funny and three, I feel like, like, like you said, not many shows and movies depict mental health as well as they should. And like, you can tell the ones that have been written by people who are going through that. And that's actually one of the reasons I really like Dave, um, the little Dicky show, because one of the episodes mm-hmm. was written by his um, hype man, Gata, who actually has bipolar and it focuses on him and it talks about his experience with bipolar and it's not like going in like all the ways you can help and all the ways you shouldn't do this it was more just like talking about what it's like for him to go through it and i think Mm. like that's one of the reasons i really recommend dave which i didn't think i would ever say but it's just because like there's certain episodes that really hit the mark and really understand their audience and it sounds like this movie does that too. No, for sure. That, that I definitely get those vibes. I'll I'll I'll, I'll carry on with uh with a, a bit of a something that we, we don't normally necessarily touch on in board and browsing. That is uh, primetime news. Uh, so okay, <laughs> lately lately for some catharsis because I'm so angry in my regular life. 
uh, with dinner, um, especially on the weekends before, you know, having fun and playing video games with the boys, as it were. <laughs> with dinner, I'll turn on some Fox News just to really, like, hate myself and and just get some of that raw and, and like, have some hate sent back towards me. And I'm going to briefly highlight the, the trilogy that I've seen most recently, and that's uh, Tucker Carlson into Sean Hannity and then into this guy who I'm less familiar with, but his name is Greg Gutfield. And it was just the most insane whiplash of emotions I've ever felt. First, you have Hannity, the classic gremlin. Uh, I should say gargoyle. That's a more accurate thing because he sits there like, hmm. So it would be pretty strange if Biden ate children. And then the guest goes like, yes, it would be pretty strange, Hannity. And, oh, no, not Hannity. Sorry, that he's coming next. It would be pretty strange, Tucker. Uh, and as I, as far as I can tell, there have been babies eaten in the United States and Joe Biden is in the United States. And then he's like, Hmm, very curious because he pretends to be a journalist. He still has that little bit of like, Oh, I'm professional from when he did crossfire. And then you go right on into Sean Hannity who just starts off and his show opens up and he goes, fuck liberals. Of course he doesn't actually. But really, it's just the hate, the, the pure seething hatred as he's like, Joe Biden, he spat in my mother's face. And then AOC turned her around and spanked her. This is the state of America. This is Joe Biden's America. And I'm not trying to get political, you know. I'm not trying to get political, but I'm getting a little bit political, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. And the thing is, it's also, it's like a, it's like a parade of, of hateable faces. And then I've only seen this Gutfield guy once, and this was the, I've only seen him on once. He's only on, where'd he go? At Saturdays at 10 o'clock. And, and so I just had flipped it back on, you know, I'd had a couple drinks, and his show was just starting. And he opens up with this monologue, no shit comparing Joe Biden to Alf. <laughs> the, the, the Muppet alien that eats cats and I can't I can't even now explain to you exactly what he meant but it, it was it was a surreal experience and I thought some people tune into this for their actual news like this is this is this is Fox News this is a news channel and he just compared Joe Biden to a Muppet for like a solid three minutes and then had to show a picture of Alf every now and then to remind everybody who he was talking about. And I was like, what, what is happening? I need another White Claw. I can't handle this right now. Jeez. But um, so that's, that's my, my energetic synopsis of the unfortunate hours of Fox News that I've watched in the last month. I've been saving it up. And you can bet your behind I'm going to watch some more. So <laughs> this is the segment. Sean, coming at you hot. It's Dude, fire, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> like... I don't think anything can make me lose my goddamn mind faster than watching Tucker Carlson. He's <laughs> like the worst. But there's like there's something about like what he says makes me angry, but watching the incredulous look on his stupid yep. goddamn baby face despite him being like 50. How does he have that face? Oh my and god, he looks time. like a he looks like a 14-year-old virgin. Like <laughs> what is going on with that man? And, I hate him so much. And what gets me is that every time one of the guests says something ridiculous about a liberal, he always acts as if that's the first time he's ever heard that and that it's like <laughs> breaking news. Like, whoa. Like, like Ber Bernie Sanders is a socialist? That's pretty curious. Didn't Venezuela, Venezuela, you know, weird racialized crime statistic? And then they go, yep, Tucker, yep. And he goes, huh. 
I wonder what that means. And it's just like, <laughs> come on, guy. <laughs> like, come on. It sounds like you're describing SNL. Like, yeah, it, this doesn't honestly, feel real, but the inside, I know it is. It's so performative. And don't get me wrong. Like, so are the other news networks. I feel like to, to, to get himself into that headspace, I feel like he's doing, like, the actor thing where he's just, like, he's saying one thing, but, like, inside, he's still that 16-year-old boy. And he's like, what do you mean you won't fuck me? I'm nice. <laughs> Fucking Tucker. What a piece of shit. I hate Tucker Carlson. God damn it. And, 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 nice guys. And for clarity, just briefly, you know, I do occasionally switch on MSNBC too just to get the, the counterpoint. And while, you know, there's also a certain level of bias and performativity there, at least with them, you just get some liberal smugness across the board. Um, and then, like, you know, and I at least appreciate it because because their their smugness is generally that they're trying to, like, care about people. You know, like, <laughs> hey, maybe we should stop letting people die. And then, you know, you go over to Hannity and he's like, Joe Biden's going to kill more people. We should kill people. Stop him from killing people. And it's like, whoa, Hannity, what's going on? Sean, I didn't know you were addicted to whiplash. Yeah. You're dragging, Danny. That's not my tempo. That's not my news. That's not my news bias. Hmm? That's not my conservative twinge. Tim, do you have any other things you'd want to talk about? Yeah. Um. So I'm pulling back a little, I'm rewinding the clock a little bit to over the summer um, because I was fortunate enough to, I was uh, spending time at home uh, and working and I had a friend who would, uh, I would go see uh, socially distant, but I would go hang out in their backyard and they would set up a project, like they'd set up a projector and stuff and we'd watch, you know, TV shows, movies, whatever we wanted. And we managed to watch the entirety of Euphoria. Mm. which I feel like we're going to touch on later. Yeah. Um, Cause I have some thoughts, uh, but I really enjoyed the show. Um, I feel like the most underrated character in that show uh, for those of you who have seen it is uh Fez uh, by far. Um, how many, how many of you have seen it? I haven't had the chance to, but I'm definitely going to now. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You, I mean, you definitely should. I feel like as, or at least in my upbringing and then watching uh, Euphoria, I was like, this, this doesn't feel like my high school, like my high school experience. But at the same time, like I could be like, yeah, like I could see how this like could be some other people's lives. Sure. Uh, but I really, I mean, I from a, just a purely aesthetic point, I really enjoyed it. Uh, there's lots of really nice colors, uh, great lighting. The cinematography is amazing. It's made by A24. Mm. So for really? all of you, oh yeah, it's uh, produced by A24. So for all you film nerds out there, uh, they probably already watched it and then went on the A24 auctions website and like bought all of the uh, stuff, the props they sold to help out. Uh, I think it was Black Lives Matter movement. Is that a thing? Oh, that's yeah. Oh yeah, they they did. They sold. I'm trying to think. They sold. Um, like some sweat they sold a couple sweaters on there from the show they i think they sold like the light from the lighthouse uh they sold. i know that they sold the mannequin from the lighthouse like the the little mermaid from the lighthouse and like you can see the price like i i'm gonna check like the price of how much it sold for because i'm pretty sure it was a extremely high amount for some odd reason i believe uh, it oh yeah it was for uh the mannequin sold for a hundred and ten thousand uh, dollars. Yeah, around that area. So, oh God damn, God. damn. Yeah. 
Dude, That's honestly, cool. the only thing I think I know about Euphoria um, is that people were freaking out about the amount of dicks in one episode. And uh, somebody <laughs> yeah. somebody on Reddit was like, if they're going to do this, they need full frontal from women, too, because boobs isn't the equivalent of showing a penis on the screen. It was like, what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, like. I mean, yes, you probably belong here on Reddit with that opinion, but like, get out and believe, sure. please. Get out. Oh man, no, I I've been meaning to check out uh, Euphoria, and I have more incentive to now, which we'll talk about in a bit. But that's actually really cool. I didn't know they were selling all their stuff. Yeah, huh. they were. Uh, they were selling it for. I want to say it was for. Um... Um, I was almost sure that it was for Black Lives Matter. Like Black Lives Matter. Oh, it was also for some COVID stuff too. So there was like the Food Bank of New York, you know, community homes. Uh, mid, they stole some stuff for Midsummer uh, for um, the Fire Department of New York. Hmm. Yeah, it was a lot of like COVID stuff as well. Cool. Which is really cool. This is really. But cool. they they sold stuff from all sorts of different areas. So they sold stuff from Uncut Gems, Euphoria, Eighth Grade, Midsummer. I'm pretty sure they sold some stuff from Hereditary. This was Ooh. over like the I want to say this was over the summer, uh yeah it was over the summer but they made a really good amount of money. So is Hereditary the movie where the guy's head gets chopped off like pretty early on? Uh, there there are some wrong things about that, but generally yeah, there, yes. There, yeah, there, I, there like, are... I'm not I'm not gonna correct you just because it makes it better. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I've seen Hereditary. I just don't remember if it is that specific plot line. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then, then yes, yeah. I, yeah, with Tony Collette. Related to that. Yeah, with Tony Collette. Yes. Uh, okay. Gabriel Byrne. Don't forget Nate Wolf from the Naked Mo- uh, Naked Brothers Band. Yes. In that uh, one. Yeah. Sean, you actually put this in my head from the last time we recorded, and that Ooh, was talking I? about the Wolf of Wall Street, ah, which yes. I realized I had never seen. Huh. Like, shocking, because I, I, I knew a lot about it, but for some reason I never Andrew actually. an investment banker. Yeah, I, I never sat down to watch it, but it's a it's a pretty good movie. It's long. It is very long. Um, I think Leonardo DiCaprio does a very good performance. I was kind of expecting the route for it to go, mostly because I know, like, the history of it. But at the same time, like, I didn't realize all the little ins and outs and, like, how he truly built up his business and how... Like, how fucked it was. Like, how much money they were just stealing blatantly from people. And, I don't know, the movie. The movie's really good. Like, I actually really enjoyed it. So, I would recommend Wolf of Wall Street, just going off of, like, Sean talking about it from a couple weeks ago. But, goddamn, I wish it was, like, half an hour shorter. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it just keeps going and going. It's like, I get it. He's a fucking asshole. Let's, let's get to the end of the movie. Like, goddamn. Nah. But, uh, yeah. That that was that was a movie I actually really enjoyed. And then the last thing that I I was watching, um, I finished trying on Apple TV because I had talked about it a couple months back. It's still really good. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the end of it, and it's apparently hopefully getting a second season, assuming like COVID filming allows it. Um, but yeah, trying Apple Plus, where basically this couple tries to adopt kids. It's really good. They're very snarky. I like their back and forth, and I do really recommend it. Yeah, they try to adopt some kids, and then the orphanage mysteriously burns down, and all the bodies are gone. It's pretty curious, and it all happens within 300 miles of Samson Martin. Interesting. Okay. All of these Again, orphanages. Again, Danny, we're going to have to cut this out. It's too incriminating. We can't have people <laughs> asking questions. 
bored and incriminating bored. podcast. <laughs> this we just became a true crime podcast. Pod, <laughs> podcast. That would be my worst nightmare for us to turn into a true crime podcast because then that would but mean what, I'd have to look that shit but up. But Samson Martin, but, but what was if not I'm there? the suspect and you out me and get me arrested? Honestly, we'd probably That'd get pretty brutal. popular for that. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. need you to. I'm gonna need you to take a fall here, Samson. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna need you to, to take take one for the team here. How much prison What's... time are we looking at for Samson? <laughs> if oh, we can get a rating. If we go with my plan, we're not seeing Samson ever again. <laughs> <laughs> cool, <sighs> Samson. What else have you been watching? The world is an awful place right now, so I tried to make myself happy by starting spooky season early. So, um, I, uh, you know, get ready for more, yeah, get ready for more, uh, horror movie recommendations from me. So this week I watched, um, the original Fright Night, which I had not seen before. I'd seen the remake, but, um, pretty fun, good movie, like very debatable, but like, <laughs> you know, it's a classic. So I watched it. I think vampires are kind of like a lame horror movie subject sometimes, you know, like, especially like when you have like 80s campy vampire movie like it's not going to be you know but like that's also part of what makes these movies great and um if you like campy like like it's not even a slasher but if you like like campy monster movies it's really solid i definitely recommend checking it out uh it has a certain something that the new one doesn't have like it's just like that kind of feeling the new one is very like well produced and it had like what was his name? Anton Yekov, like the the dude from Star Trek that. Uh, oh, the one who got away. crushed by a car. Yes, yeah, yeah. and then um, it also has Colin Farrell, whichever. I get Colin Farrell and Colin Firth confused. Whichever the hot one is. Colin uh, Farrell. Colin, <laughs> Colin, Colin Farrell. Firth was in uh, was in Fright Night. I uh, that would be a very different movie. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not sure I know who Colin Firth is. Colin Firth is like King's Kingsman. Speech. Oh, Kingsman, oh. yeah. Yeah, he was yeah, in Kingsman. King- he was in Mamma Mia. Um, he was in Love Actually. Samson, yeah, I'm not sure what you lot. think is the hot one because, I mean, you could debate that this guy's attractive. <laughs> Colin Colin Farrell's pretty attractive. I think Colin Farrell's attractive. So here's the thing. Here's the, like, sorry, real quick. I've had people tell me that they don't think Colin Farrell is attractive. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's a pretty attractive man. And I'm, so are we all in agreement here that Colin Farrell is attractive? You yeah, don't have to. Yeah. Sure. Um, okay. You know what? I think if you don't think <laughs> Colin Farrell's attractive. I think if you're attracted to men and you don't think Colin Farrell's attractive, then maybe your bar set too high because I don't think you're going to find happiness. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. <wow>. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. Gonna... If, if Colin Farrell is too low on the bar for you, like, what do you need? Like, God damn. Like, he's a, he's a fine specimen of a man. And I don't like men. But, like, hypothetically, I can just say I appreciate that he's a good-looking dude. Can y'all back me up here? Sean, go. You, you, go. <laughs> All I'm going to say is that, this, like, I've, I've been fighting the good fight on the side of Colin Farrell <laughs> since high school. I've been on the team of Colin Farrell's attractive man ever since I saw In Bruges for the first time. I was like, that guy's hot. And I said it, and someone was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, what do you mean, what am I talking about? Colin Farrell's hot. And they were like, no. Yeah. Anyway, all I'm saying is that saying Colin Farrell isn't hot is the Fox News take. That's the Tucker Carlson take, and that that's where I want to leave that in terms of my argument. Yeah, and you're yeah. also probably one of the people on Tinder that told me to swipe left because I'm under five ten. Mm. Lower them standards. I can't. I can't help this. I am a. <laughs> 
five eight powerhouse. <laughs> Sean, what have you been watching? Uh, you know, honestly, the the thing is, is I've been I've just been continuing some of the shows that I've seen uh, that I've talked about beginning in the past. I've watched a little bit more Cora. Uh, watched a little bit more of the boys. Watched a little bit more of oh my god, what was the oh of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? Diamond is Unbreakable. Uh, and honestly, I'm not really going to get into too many of them right now, just because I think it would be more useful to have a little bit more fresh yeah. stuff to talk about. Uh, other than that, like I've been spending a lot of time playing Red Dead Two some more, uh, mm. which I'm going to bring up just because it's very story driven, and I finally got to the epilogue, and like that game is nuts. There's I I think I have some stupid amount of hours like over 60 in there and i'm not like even particularly super close to being done with the campaign so sure like a lot of value there talk about your cowboys so why don't we dive into the emmys and my god i'm i'm a little mad i am a little mad i cannot believe that Shit's creek swept the entire comedy section (laughs) what the fuck Well, Sam, <laughs> Samson, I think, is happy that it happened. I can't quite tell. I think so. I can't even I mean, remember Samson what else was nominated. What, The Good Place and, like, what else? Yeah, so for Outstanding Comedy Series, this is the one that really shocked me. Um, so Curb Your Enthusiasm, Dead to Me, Insecure, which is on HBO, Shit's Creek, The Good Place, Kaminsky Method, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and What We Do in the Shadows were all nominated for Outstanding Comedy Series. Of course, Mm. Schitt's Creek's won. I think What We Do in the Shadows should have won. Mm. I haven't seen the newest season. I am pretty much done with season. I have one episode left of season one. Um, It's really good. Uh, But, like, also, I I don't know if this is about... I I haven't seen the newest season of either of these shows, to be (laughs) honest. But I've watched, watched, like, up to the newest season. And, um, you know, what we do in the shadows is going to have more. And I think it's a really well-made show just going off of season one. Um, and I think that they have a chance to win this next year, but Shit's Creek is going to be out of it. And mm. I definitely think Shit's Creek oh. deserves recognition for, for what it is. Um, I mean, it was their last season and I think they were a really, really solid show. Um, I don't like, again, you know, I, I talk all the time about hating sitcoms and I actually really enjoy Shit's Creek. So like. I, it definitely I, I don't think it's like unfair that it won that necessarily um but like i definitely understand why like yeah people would be upset yeah and don't get me wrong like i've started watching Shit's creek i'm about three seasons deep and i think it's okay. a good show i just didn't think it was a good comedy show i felt like it had a lot of other elements to it that made me not sit and laugh at it so much Whereas, like, mm-hmm. when I'm thinking comedy, I'm thinking, what's going to make me laugh? What's going to make me smile? What what am I going to enjoy and think is funny and entertaining? And to me, What We Do in the Shadows, The Good Place, and Mrs. Maisel all came above Shit's Creek. Yeah. Tim, I see you're nodding along. So, I mean, I haven't seen Shit's Creek. I've heard a lot of differing opinions, not only from it within you three, but I've heard it from other friends that I've said, like, oh, the first couple seasons are slow, but it gets better. Or they, some people have been like, oh, it just starts right out the gate. Some people just don't like it at all. At this point, I think I'm just going to start watching it. Um, mm-hmm. I know that it's 13 episodes per season, seven seasons. Um, Six. I'm, inter- like, I'm interested. Um, and I've watched some other shows within the, uh, the category as well. Like I really liked Kirby Enthusiasm when I could watch it on Amazon Prime before it went to HBO Now. Um, 
I thought the good place was pretty good. I learned a lot about philosophy. Yeah. And I mean, I love Taika Waititi projects and I thought what we do in the shadows is hilarious. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm not necessarily the most fully like knowledgeable about it, but I mean, from the amount of people who love the show, they love it. Yeah. The amount of people who don't love the show, they really don't. <laughs> so I think what I'm going to probably do is I'm just going to jump in and watch it and then be like, okay, this is my opinion. So I sure. don't know yet. Yeah. Right yeah. into the deep end. Sean, have mm. you seen any of it? Uh, of I've seen I've seen bits of oh, well not, I shouldn't say bits because I've seen uh, similar to Samson the majority of season one of what we do in the shadows, and then a smattering of Shit's Creek, um, and and I I fall into the category of Shit's Creek just wasn't super grabbing me. I didn't dislike it by any stretch of the imagination, but like it wasn't. Um, you know when I really like a show, on a streaming service. I feel like I'm normally watching it like probably at least an episode a day or when mm-hmm. I suddenly I'm like, oh, shit, I have like a free 30 minutes to an hour. Let me watch an episode. And Shit's Creek never really did that for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I want to say um, I felt the same way when I started it. I actually just completely stopped watching it after like like midway through season two because it was like, again, it's like when I'm really into a show, it's like you want to start the next one immediately i feel like is is the tell of like really enjoying it and um i didn't start feeling that until at least season three hmm. but like once i hit season three i was like man i want to keep going and i bet because I, I started watching it with my my girlfriend starting season two and she was the one that kept having to be like no we got to save it because there's not enough left stop we can't watch three <laughs> episodes in one sitting you animal stop yeah um, it sounds, yeah it sounds it like it suffers from um like the other the other show that I hear like a lot of comparisons about this is like uh, Parks and Rec. Yes. Like a lot of people really love that show. A lot of people really don't like that show, but they always seem to say that the first couple seasons are just a little bit slow before they really hit their stride, and then they're just out of the park. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Uh, I, I, I actually would say Parks and Rec is a great uh, uh, comparison because I also think like if you like Parks and Rec, I feel like you will definitely like Shit's Creek. I feel mm, like yeah. they're very similar and kind of like the. The wholesome vibes. Um, I, yeah. like I haven't seen Rec. Parks and Rec either. I just knew that it was a show. <laughs> <laughs> the master Whoops. of comparison. That brings up a really interesting thought bubble that I'm having, right? Like, so these shows, they're based on their most recent season, right? You're, mm-hmm. you're taking an analysis of the most recent season. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these shows and a lot of people will wind up saying like, oh, you just got to stick with it. You got to stick with it. Do you think that more people are now likely to stick with it because they know it's an award-winning show before when someone's just like, oh yeah, I recommend it because it's good. Or do you think regardless people are going to stick with it because they are now hearing its name like spreading around? Let's say even if it didn't win, like a show like The Kaminsky Method, a show like The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, uh, Dead to Me, like these names are popping up. Do you think people are going to stick with them because they're like, oh, the show was good enough that it got nominated, but it didn't win? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. And honestly, I think what it's it's gonna get back a lot of people who are in my sort of boat of watching a little bit, not being so sure, and kind of leaving it there, because the fact that it won an Emmy, and I mean, I've you know heard good things from various people. That feels like a Trump quote. I've heard good <laughs> things from various people, uh, but it, that that all kind of adds up to me being like, okay, maybe I should give it more of a chance. Uh, starting a new show is a difficult thing to do. You really yeah. have to convince a person to do that. So I think that the biggest pull is going to be on those people who have began it 
maybe made it through the first season, maybe not even all the way. I think it's going to draw some of those people back and be like, okay, maybe I should pick this back up and keep watching. Okay. So so I'm looking at, like, who is nominated for each thing. So when I say that Shit's Creek swept, I meant that it won Outstanding Comedy Series, Lead Actor, Actress, Supporting Actor, Supporting Actress, um, Directing, Writing, and just, like, Overall Show. When I'm looking at the names on here, right, there's a few names that I actually see actually competing with the actors. Uh, I don't think anyone really competes with Daniel Levy as a guest or as a supporting actor. I think maybe Mahershala Ali for Rami, just because I've heard he is the reason a lot of people started watching this show. Hmm. Like he, he apparently put in such a great performance that he drew people to watch Rami's like, okay. First season. And I also think that um, Alan Arkin always does incredible whenever he's there. But for the most part, like to me, Daniel Levy kind of takes away from everyone else's performances in supporting actor. I I yeah. really was hoping for something for Andre Brower. Yeah. And, you know, that might just be because of how much, uh, I mean, I've watched the majority of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, so, and, and to me it's almost got sort of a nostalgic feel. I haven't, I don't think I've seen the most recent, like, two seasons or something like that, but it's been around for a while. And I think for me that that was a bit of a draw because his character, I think, gets a, a lot of love for being just, like, always great when he's on screen and mm-hmm. and to me that's like a good sign of of like a good supporting uh good supporting actor or slash character i suppose um of just like not you know not necessarily there the most because captain holt isn't you know super present in every episode but you know either their presence in the episode is like really funny or like well acted slash uh like important to the overall like flow and, and story of things, which yeah. I, I had thought that, that he has always done pretty well. And I mean, mm-hmm. the character is just so iconic in, in terms of the deadpan, almost robotic level of uh, yeah. comedy. It's, it's yeah. pretty fun. I would also, the other thing I was thinking about, so Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, I think it's a fantastic show. I do think the third season was weaker than the second and first and i think if it was the second season up against Shit's creek it might have had more competition mm. but that's just my personal opinion i i i can see why Catherine o'hara won i can see why daniel levy won i can see why annie murphy won i can't really see why eugene levy beat ted danson in all honesty i think ted danson is an actor whereas eugene levy is a com- like a comic and he's he, he like delivers jokes very well but is kind of one note ish Hmm. and I felt like Ted Danson just brings so much to this character that's not just comedy, but he is, like, he is a lead actor. Like, he he drives the story for The Good Place, and I was a little shocked to see that Eugene Levy beat him out for oh. it. <laughs> I cannot yeah, comment. Honest- I've never seen The Good Place. Sorry. Honestly, like, I haven't seen the newest episode of The Good Place, but, like, I, I, I get that. I, I do wonder how much some of the Shit's Creek stuff was hype based um i don't think any of it was ill-deserved i i think like it's a great show and it no i agree lot, like everything it got but like you bringing up that does make me question things a little bit because ted danson is really good in the good place like really yeah. good yeah um and um yeah i mean honestly he's like my favorite part of the entire show and like uh, 
I don't know. I mean, it's like, tricky. It's yeah. tricky because like all the shows, if you're nominated, you deserve to be on there. I think that we can all yeah. agree on. Like you have to do something right to get onto this position. Yeah. And then I think it also comes down to like personal interests and and like maybe well, maybe like I don't know exactly how they do the judging of it, but maybe there's a certain thing like whatever's coming out sooner stands out a bit more. Because, like, The Good yeah, Place uh, ended back in April or something, mm. and Shit's Creek Season 6 came out much more recently. Well, you do say that um, you deserve to be on there if you're nominated, but, I mean, if Chuck Lorre vehicles are getting nominated for Emmys... <laughs> <laughs> I throw in shade at Chuck Lorre. Oh, yeah. God, but, like, you know, oh, man. I, I don't know. I've seen some of the Kaminsky method. Like, that's, that's what I'm referencing. But, like, <laughs> Chuck Lorre, for people that don't know created big bang theory and two and a half men like i mean very and very mom. incredibly and what and mom oh oh wow i actually didn't know that one but like yeah i mean like he created like he's created like a lot of major sitcoms and i don't super respect a lot of the things he's created <laughs> um so like i i don't know like i i like they're they're very popular and i'm just, i'm being a little bit of an asshole but like i don't know if like I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But, like, I think the Kaminsky method is, like, fine from what <laughs> I've seen. It's, it's yeah. like, definitely I feel like it would be a, a, a different kind of league than the rest of the things I see on there. Um, but, that, again, that's just my opinion. But um, I don't know. True. So, moving on, uh, outstanding guest actor Eddie Murphy won it for his SNL performance. I saw that episode. It was awesome. Like, genuinely seeing him go back into the snl role that he used to play like years ago was fantastic so i i think that one was pretty deserved honestly hmm. uh maya rudolph too she does a fantastic job every time she comes on snl i don't know I, I, I like these things are tricky because we're not the one who's actually voting and it's not like an audience-based mm-hmm. vote it's more like <laughs> right. there's some kind of criteria that they're looking for especially for the comedy stuff yeah yeah well and i think that's also what makes it hard and i think that's why people hate the people hate the oscars because the oscars are also super inclusive but like i i think that like the emmys um also suffer from a thing of like kind of like very wealthy like you know probably I, i'm guessing predominantly white um i mean statistically probably <laughs> knowing how a lot of these things are run um again that's an assumption so like i could be wrong about that but like um you know, like I think that also very much uh, influences these kinds of, of of votes. These people aren't necessarily very in tune with like what all Americans are watching, and I think that is a problem. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and then moving forward, so outstanding directing, of course, Daniel Levy and Andrew Cividino, uh took that for Happy Ending, which I assume is the series finale episode. <laughs> uh might be might be wrong on that the only one i really thought would contest with for directing was uh the marvelous radio episode from mrs mazel because that's the one where they did the uh the tele telemarket thing uh, what what am i thinking of what's the word they did like a charity stream and she she's performing on the tv oh, for like the last 10 minutes telethon mm. and there was something really amazing about the camera work in that that i thought like could compete but I mean, again, like Schitt's Creek, it was winning everything. And I'm curious if like something about like, oh, it's winning this. Like maybe it also like has to redo, re like take another interest in uh, this thing before we vote. And then it, for outstanding writing, the 
only two episodes I thought could really compete with it were uh, The Good Place's final episode of the show because that made me cry. That was that was a good, well-written episode. It really touches on like death and moving on and kind of accepting the end. And then the What We Do in the Shadows on the run episode. So this is a hilarious one where Mark Hamill shows up and confronts um, one of the characters and is like, you owe me money. And the dude's just like, no, I'm going to I'm going to run away. So he runs away without telling his family and goes on the run. as like uh, I think it was like Jackson Daytona or something like super bizarre. And he's a bar owner, but he only comes out at night and no one picks up on the fact that he's a vampire. But he like helps the rec league win an MVP trophy and like does all this stupid shit. And then Mark Hamill shows up and they have this epic fight. And I thought that was a hilarious episode. That sounds good. You that you made me want like you're making me want to continue even more. Yeah. <laughs> with that show. So, that uh, so why funny. don't we move on to the dramas because this one actually had a lot of variation and it wasn't just like one show taking everything, but of course Succession wound up winning a lot of awards. Have you guys seen Succession because I I finished it pretty recently. I haven't. No, no, I haven't, but I do I I do have a little beef with this section because I feel like they are missing a couple of shows that I really liked. Like, I don't know if you, I don't know if any of you have seen Pose. Yeah, um, no, yeah. I, I know. What it I is. was I haven't seen it. The it's a fa- it's a fantastic show about um, it's about uh, New York in the late '80s, and it's about um, uh, ball uh, queer ball culture, gay ball culture, which is um, hmm. like these extravagant, you know, um, like comp- like almost kind of like beauty competitions in a way, um, ish. It's kind of it's. It's kind of hard to explain. The show does it a whole lot better than what I'm doing. But, I mean, that's a whole... Like, that show is fantastic. I watched that new season. I had a cu- only, like, a couple of gripes with it. But, like, everything about it was fantastic. And they only gave a nomination to um, Billy Porter, which deserved. I think Billy Porter's great. But you're missing out on, like, MJ Rodriguez, Dominique Jackson, uh India Moore are all fantastic in this show. Hmm. And I feel like when you you're not really paying attention to it, like I'm shocked. Like it's yeah. it's such an interesting show to watch. And very powerful too. Yeah. That's on uh Netflix now, right? It's on Netflix now and it's uh it comes from FX. Yeah. So, okay. so you can watch it on Hulu, which we all know Samson loves. Yeah. Um, no, I actually, I thought the drama series was actually the most competitive, um, section of the Emmys this year. I thought comedy was kind of skewed in certain directions, like some shows were definitely better than others, but this was the one where, regardless of who won, I could see others taking it in a very close fight. Like, Succession won Outstanding Drama Series, personally, I, I wasn't a huge fan of it. I thought it had its moments, I thought it was very well written, and did a good job at least like touching on the social commentary but i didn't think it was like that great and it wasn't until i started reading up about like how much people loved it that i was like wow i'm in the vocal minority here so i could see it competing with things like ozark which always pumps out really good content the mandalorian which so many people loved um i i think better call saul was robbed honestly i don't yeah. even watch that show and i think it was robbed because it's just it's a great show overall and of course, Stranger Things, Samson's absolute favorite. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I mean, like the the great thing about Succession is 
how many characters they're moving around with. And I think Jeremy Strong, who won Outstanding Lead Actor, did the best performance out of everyone. I truly think his role where he was super aggressive and like trying to take over the company and be that force in the first season to being a broken man in the second was a great transition, shows a lot of acting chops. And then I it makes me his role specifically is very interesting. And I'm very excited to see what he does in the third season. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that. I was also I mean, I granted I haven't seen Succession, though I really want to because it has uh, Eric Bogosian in it. For mm-hmm. I think a little while, um, but I watched Ozark this. I watched Ozark this year, and I had watched Pose as previously mentioned. And I love. I mean, I'm a big Jason Bateman fan mm-hmm. um, for everything that he's done. I think he is pretty fantastic, um, and I really liked um, the latest season of Ozark is the best one by far mm-hmm. in comparison to the rest. So I was pulling for them, um, but now you're just giving me more incentive to check out Succession. Yeah, it sounds yeah. fantastic. And I'm not even someone who loved it. Like that—that's coming from someone who just like thought it was okay. So, mm-hmm. um, I think this is perfect. Tim, why don't you talk about Zendaya in Euphoria? Okay, I'm really excited that you just said that because <laughs> this show—I—I I feel like Euphoria, like other sh- like the, some of the other shows I mentioned before, um, was robbed. There were several performances in that show that I thought were fantastic. Um, you get like one of the most hateable characters I've ever seen on television. Um, and it like that, that whole show to me, to uh, euphoria is so I'm trying to find, I'm trying to find like the right word to describe it. Cause it's not just like, it's not gra- It's like not groundbreaking, but it's, it's very much, it's so real and it feels very, it feels relatable. Uh, yeah, it's relatable, I think is the right word. Yeah, hmm. thank you. There are characters on the show. So Nate Jacobs, one of the most hateable characters in the world, but you understand kind of where he's coming from. You get characters like Rue, who Zendaya plays, who I think is fantastic. I really enjoyed her performance and everything that she did in that show. Um, Fez is another character who's my favorite character on the show, for sure. Um, there are so many different people. The only person I didn't like that much was uh Maud Apatow or hmm. Epitow. Hmm. I she got really high billing, but she was only in a couple episodes and was okay. Like it, just in comparison to the rest was not, you know, over the top, but I mean Maud Apatow's Maud Apatow is Judd Apatow's daughter, right? Yeah, which is funny because I watched two shows with two Apatow children. So I watched hmm. uh, Euphoria, but then I also watched Love, um, which Judd Apatow had a hand in writing mm-hmm. with, um, uh, what's his name? Um, I know who, yeah. Yeah. I can't remember but, his name, but yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it was a, it was a good show. Um, I liked, I, I thought Love was okay. Um, it had yeah. Gillian yeah. Jacobs, who I love yeah. in um, uh, Community. Yeah. But I think Zendaya, Zendaya winning is fantastic, but they also could have put up um, the actress who played uh, um, Jules, uh, Hunter Schaefer, who is a really, really well, uh, has a well-acted role uh, as a trans character. Um, hmm. She is also trans herself. Um, so she's obviously performed from, from what I would seem to be experienced. And I thought, you know, I feel like they were they missed out on a whole 
couple of shows that really could have not only been good for diversity, but also could be, they're just fantastic TV that are just highly engaging. Yeah. So Samson, I know that you had an Apple plus subscription a while back. Did you wind up watching the morning show? I haven't seen the morning show and I regret it. I didn't know it was a thing. Yeah. Cause that was the one I was talking about. That was like fantastic and really underrated. And I was kind of surprised that Jennifer Aniston didn't win because she does a great job of playing someone who worked in this company. And the whole, the whole premise is basically Steve Carell, uh, would like harass female workers at the news anchor. Like he was a news anchor. He would harass female workers at the company and he's super beloved and like the face of like morning television. And it comes out in a scandal that he's like done all this horrible shit. So they have to kick him off the morning show and get in a new co-host who winds up being Reese Witherspoon. And she's super controversial. But Jennifer Anderson did a great job of playing like victim in terms of like everyone's going after her. Like, why didn't you know about this? Like, why didn't you stop this? And mm-hmm. her playing like the aggressor, like I didn't know anything about this. But in reality, she really did. She knew what was going on behind the mm-hmm. scenes and just her balancing it, I thought would deliver her a winning performance, but it didn't. It did, however, give Billy Crudup, who played one of the show's supporting actors, a win for that nomination. Hmm. It's a good show. It's very underrated. I'll check I it out. Check- I, 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 sorry, no, you go ahead. Oh well, I mine thing short, but like I want to check it out just because it has Mark Duplass in it. I love Mark Duplass. Yeah, he's oh, great. I didn't realize he was in that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of the league. I love. I've watched several of his movies that he's uh, not only directed but also starred in, which I think are fantastic. Have you, have you seen Creep? Yeah. Oh, I've seen Creep. I've seen Creep oh. One and Creep Two. Oh, Those Creep are... One and Creep Two. Yep. Yeah. Horror yeah. fans out there, it's spooky season. Watch both of the Creep movies. They are some yeah. of the best uh, horror, uh, you know, found footage movies I have ever seen. I don't think I've seen them actually. They're so good. They're they're like maybe I'm overhyping, but they're the really fun now. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I I think like Succession definitely took a lot of victories here. But if any supporting actor was going to win it of the Succession nominees, I think Kieran Culkin would have been a close contender because he plays a great job. He's definitely like he showed acting chops that I've never seen from any of his roles. Really? Hmm. He did a fantastic job. Giancarlo Esposito, of course incredible actor but i really do think billy crudup deserved this win and i'm shocked the morning show didn't get more especially uh tying it down to uh directing so the interview episode is when they bring on one of steve carell's victims to the morning show and interview her on live tv and that i don't know there's something about that directing that i i thought could beat succession especially since the episode that they chose really wasn't that good I really didn't like it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and then, like, of course, uh, we have to keep going on to uh, short series, like, drama type stuff, because Watchmen fucking stole every mm. award that was available, except yeah. for lead actor. But, okay, so they won lead actress, uh, best lead actress, and what what other, what other awards did they win? Uh, they won Outstanding Limited Series, okay. and I think they won one other um i can't find oh, it they right won, now. like best song or something too right yeah okay real quick they before we song. go on the biggest snub of this entire thing this is gonna sound so stupid but righteous gemstones was not nominated for anything i don't think well which this is, is the nuts Emmys. what what do you like yeah so the, this is tv shows 
Yeah, Righteous Gemstones as is a TV not, show. Not, oh my god, I'm dating, thinking, I was thinking of Uncut Gems. Ride TV show. Yeah. I was thinking of Uncut Gems. <laughs> not the other gem-based um, media. <laughs> Righteous Gemstones didn't get nominated for anything, I don't think. And one of the craziest snubs is that they didn't get even nominated for Best Song. Um, this Again, it sounds stupid, but like... They had this song. They had an original song called "Misbehaving" in this in in uh, Righteous Gemstones, and it is still stuck in my head. Like I heard it like twice, and I still get it stuck in my head randomly sometimes because it's so catchy. It is one of the catchiest things I have ever heard. And like, listen, to, like I'm like no joke. Go and like Google "Misbehaving" from Righteous Gemstones. Listen to it and tell me that like this song did not deserve at least a nomination because it should of one hmm. um but hmm. sorry i like i had to go on that before no. i i gave uh watchman some well-deserved credit but of course watchman was really great um i uh it definitely deserves all of the awards it got except best original song which is bullshit <laughs> um but um it's i thought it was a really good show sometimes the writing gets weird and ter- especially in terms of dialogue and like sometimes it literally makes no sense if you're following logic you know um i not really worth going into but it like just breaks basic laws of logic sometimes that like are ridiculous and um sometimes the dialogue is a little bit uh over dramatic but um <laughs> You know, like, the acting's really good, especially considering how difficult some of, you know, the more dramatic di- uh, dialogue is to perform. And um, I think that, uh, you know, Best Actress is well-deserved, Best best, uh, best Limited Series or Drama, whatever, is uh, well-deserved. I mean, it was it was a really good show. I mean, have, have, have any of you watched it? Yeah, I watched the first three episodes, and I've been meaning to get back to it, but I keep forgetting. It's good. It, it is really good. Yeah. It's just I, I sometimes get overwhelmed with a lot of, like, the heavy drama in it, yeah. and I, I yep. take a break, and then I'll get distracted with watching something else and mm. kind of forget to come yeah. back to it. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I didn't like it probably for, like, the first few episodes, and then it really starts finding its groove. I, I like... It's 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 hard when you have to defend a show that you think has a slow start because it's so hard to like be like watch this trust me and then you know you get three episodes in and they're like <laughs> why did you tell me to watch this <laughs> but like uh, it's it's definitely worth checking out stick with it again it's ten episodes and that's it like it's a really solid show if you like superheroes watch it if you like <laughs> social commentary watch it it's like it's got pretty much everything it's a really solid show. Yeah. I don't know what else to say, you know? Um, and then a couple other notable things I want to bring up before we move on from all the drama stuff. Uh, Julia Gardner won for Ozark. I feel like this was pretty well-deserved. Um, yep. Yeah. I, right. I I haven't seen enough of Ozark to be like, yes, 100% definite. But she was competing with some pretty big names. Uh, Meryl Streep, Laura Dern, uh, Sarah Snook, um, Hella Bonham Carter, Thandie Newton from Westworld. Like, there were a lot of people, and it seemed like she was the underdog. Like, she wasn't even expecting to win that. So, great on her. I also know that, uh, where is it? Unorthodox, which I had never heard of prior to putting together this list, actually won for Outstanding Directing. So, it beat out, like, a few episodes of Watchmen. I'm going to give it a list. Like, I'm going to give it a watch now because it seems pretty interesting. But, good for them. Uh, outstanding lead actor in a limited series or movie. Mark Ruffalo won it for I Know This Much Is True. He basically mm-hmm. plays two different brothers, and it looks like he did a great job. 
Yeah, have any of you seen it? No, but I've been interested in watching it because the book was written by uh, Wally Lamb, and the book is also like 900 pages, and I think that I'm very intrigued in seeing how (laughs) you can adapt a 900-page book um, and somehow come out the other side with uh, Best Actor Award. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Actually, there's a a couple things I want to finally touch on. Um, Outstanding documentary. Tiger King got beat out by Last Dance on ESPN. Hmm. I don't know what that is, but it seemed like it was good. So I watched both of those. I think think Tiger King is definitely a, I would say, is a more non-biased documentary than The Last Dance. The only reason I say that is because the NBA and Michael Jordan's company had a hand in Mm. producing... Mm the documentary together and you know i think there's a lot there's a whole lot of interesting things i learned and i really really loved the doc i really love the series um but there's also a part of me that was you know like i could feel the bias kind of happening because they would kind of start out each episode with it being like you know so far this is about scotty pippen and you know how he was dealing with not you know like being really severely underpaid but then all of a sudden michael jordan will just walk and be like hey i was also playing basketball like walking around maybe playing a little baseball too and then like it will cut back to scotty pippen at the end and i'm like that's pretty interesting i didn't really need the whole michael jordan like you know i was playing baseball for a hot minute type of thing but yeah. you learn so much about so many different people like i loved um dennis you learned about dennis rodman in the 90s and he, oh. he is just out of this world he is just fantastic as a as a as just a per like as a character like i think he's just one of the most interesting people to have ever played the sport yeah, yeah he no. has broken his penis three times <laughs> no the whole thing was sure. i i didn't remember based off the title what it was but now that you're describing it i did see an episode i did see the dennis rodman one that was great hmm. yeah um i also want to talk about that mandalorian one for outstanding music composition for a series just like the best original dramatic score and it beat out succession which got that little like keyboard type thing that i really like that (laughs) hbo shows do so i I don't know man like mandalorian that was one of the best parts it just sounded really good i know sean has had some stuff to talk about mandalorian yeah i mean you can't go up against star wars when it comes to score unless you're some sort of idiot but yeah, I, like um, it was. I mean, it was a, a long time ago. I forget that the beginning half of this year was so long ago that I uh, watched The Mandalorian. That I don't particularly remember its score, but in a lot of ways, that probably means it did a good job because sure. you tend to really only notice it if it's like utterly crazy duel of the fates battling Darth Maul, or if it's mm-hmm. like weird and doesn't fit. So the fact that I didn't notice it too much probably or that I don't remember it too much might speak to the fact that it was very effective. I don't know. Yeah. And the last thing I want to talk about is Outstanding Animated Program. Rick and Morty won for the Vat of Acid episode. And I 100% think that BoJack Horseman was robbed. Okay. Which episode of BoJack was nominated? The View from Halfway Down, which if you look on IMDb, has nearly a perfect score out of like 10,000 ratings. Hmm. It's nearly got a 10.0 on IMDb for that specific episode. That oh yeah. That's a I don't know about that one. It's just I I think I think the issue was if you haven't really seen BoJack Horseman, it doesn't hit you as much as it would like a random Rick and Morty yeah. episode because the vat 
or the view from halfway down is the culmination of everything Bojack Horseman has been in his life. It is the true like penultimate second to last episode that really sets off like exactly an end for Bojack Horseman. Now, I put end because like there's another episode, but it is it is phenomenally directed, it is phenomenally animated. It was everything about it was just incredible. That was that was one of the first times where I saw an animated show and I was just like this could win an award. Like this episode could win an award. But the the Vat of Acid episode was also very good. I, I don't want to dismiss. Well, to be fair, to be fair, you have to have a pretty high IQ to <laughs> understand Rick and Morty. <laughs> You're right, and obviously the Emmys have a pretty high IQ. It's true. You know, we're, we're talking about like the highest level of people here. Uh, and I, I mean, I can't really. I enjoyed the Vat of episode. The Vat of episode <laughs> acid. The Vat of Acid episode, and I have not seen Sad Horse. Uh, so one of these days, one of these days when I'm feeling particularly blue, I'll just binge all of BoJack <laughs> along with the handle, but I haven't reached that point quite yet. Let's get a little more, a couple, couple more months and a couple more weeks in public education and I'll be ready. Sure. Wait a minute. You mean to tell me that you did not watch the Bob's Burgers pig, pig trouble in little Tina episode, Sean? <laughs> I, I can't say that I did. I can't say that I did. Oh, Sean. <laughs> Neither I, did I, I but sure. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I'm ashamed. The the other one that was pretty good was Big Mouth Disclosure, the movie, the musical. That yeah. like that whole season of Big Mouth was really good. Yeah, it was a pretty good season. I don't know, man. I like as much as I shit on Shit's Creek for taking all the wins, this is the only <laughs> one where I'm truly like, fuck, I cannot believe this episode did not win. That like Shit's Creek, it is good, and I, I will reiterate that. I, I think, like, other things were slightly better, but I can see why it won. This is the only one where I'm just like, BoJack Horseman should have fucking won. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't watch BoJack. I thought I thought the Vat of Acid episode of Rick and Morty was the best episode they've released in a long time. But, like, I watched the first couple of seasons of BoJack, and I would, like, without having even seen it, like, I would assume that, like, seasons of build-up to that major payoff would be pretty uh orgasmic and um i would kind of sounded like a 90 iq right now samson (laughs) gonna be real no (laughs) have you considered that rick is a nihilist Ooh. (laughs) there's something called metaphor samson why don't you look it up sometime maybe sad horse drinky drinky just is a little under uh, more understandable to your smooth brain (laughs) But there, we're talking about layers. I mean, he turns himself into a pickle. That's the funniest thing. <laughs> got to go back to Reddit and figure out who said that um, there's got to be more full frontal female nudity because <laughs> boobs aren't equivalent to penises. So I can give you their handle and you can DM each other. God damn, <laughs> nice. dude. You can just start full, like, all tongue kissing. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, I think that's all the shows we really need to talk about for the Emmys. Yeah. Uh, Shit's Creek's... So- did a clean sweep euphoria won and definitely is apparently underrated um succession won a bunch but you know definitely it gives you a lot of shows to go check out i think if you go look on the list of shows that were at least nominated that alone should give you at least a couple weeks worth of content maybe less in quarantine so my my honest recommendation i haven't really seen many on there that i didn't like i i'd say go go give them a watch yeah. yeah, and watch Righteous Gemstones too. Got friggin' snobbed. <laughs> we gonna do shoutouts real quick? Yeah, we can do shoutouts real quick. Heck yeah! 
I'll I'll go first. Uh, uh, I just it's kind of like a two parter. Uh, one shout out to Marie for suffering through Fox News with me, and in letting me uh, indulge in that. And then also a shout out uh, to and you know just maybe Google these if you want the South Windsor Orphanage, the Dorchester Orphanage, the Mansfield Orphanage, the East Westfield Orphanage. <laughs> just just do your research, people. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, Someone it. else can go now. I mean, uh, my shout out is to the concept of silencing Sean forever. Mm. Oh, yep, that's it. <laughs> uh, Noted. Sh- shout out to Icebreaker Mints, mm. Fear Mints specifically. Gotta gotta get that mask breath out of here, which is supposedly a oh. thing. Okay, yeah. it do it do not with icebreakers. I want to give a shout out to the fact that Class Action Park exists. So this is a documentary that talks about Action Park in New Jersey, which is a water park that's now Mountain Creek. And the amount of shit they were able to get away with, my God, it blows my mind, especially because I've been to it when it wasn't Action Creek. So shout out to the fact that this documentary exists and shout out to the fact that Action Park got away with all the shit that they did. Yeah. But anyways, uh, this has been a great of... podcast. My name is Danny. <laughs> My name is Samson. Google Samson Martin fire October <laughs> uh, September 2004 Mansfield Dorchester East Westfield. Remember, uh, Tim, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was so great to have you. Thank you so much for having me again. This was a complete blast. I love it. Yeah. So we'll probably yeah. wind up calling you back on when the Oscars are back. Uh, but we'll see. Yeah. All right. Uh, goodbye, everybody. Tune in next time. Also, follow us on Instagram at Board and Browsing Podcast and on Twitter at Board and Browse Pod. Bye. Bye bye.